0: Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's really designed to help you think about and take your business to the next level. This podcast is supported by professional remodelers, as well as many of my friends out in the industry that really are there with technologies to be able to support and help you improve your business. I've started this little mini-series within the series focused on not just remodeling mastery, but remodeling sales mastery. In part one, the previous episode, I focused on 10 things that require zero talent. I hope you've listened to that podcast, and if not, you might want to go back. Because I think what you realize that 80% of your success in sales really is very, very simple things and really don't require any talent. In this segment, I want to focus on The level of mastery that you can potentially get in. I want to talk about four levels of mastery, but I'm also going to give you 10 skills, not going too deeply, but 10 skills that you can look at kind of like a checklist and just see how you measure up with each one of these. But also, if in fact you can focus on each one of these over the coming weeks, then you will absolutely take your sales mastery to the next level. So let me start with the whole concept of mastery. I read a book uh, on uh, success tips many, many years ago, and it was Baby Steps to Success, written by Vince Lombardi's son. And one of the chapters, very simple little chapter, he talked about four levels of mastery. And it really hit a chord for me, because this notion of using the word mastery, what the heck does it mean? And he talks about the four levels of mastery, really using two fundamental words and juxtaposing them. So at the lowest level of mastery, you are unconsciously incompetent. Then level two, you become consciously incompetent. Level three, you're consciously competent. And then level four, you're unconsciously competent. Now, if you kind of think about this more in the context of when we all learn to ride a bike, and most everyone learned to ride a bike as a kid, when you were two or three years old, you didn't even think about riding a bike, so you're unconsciously competent because you're not even thinking about it, and you can't do it. Then your parent maybe got you your first bike, and now you became consciously incompetent. You couldn't ride it at first. Matter of fact, most people remember falling off the bike while they're learning to ride it. They're unconscious, they're consciously un, uh, incompetent. Level three mastery, which is where a lot of you are when it comes to sales mastery, is you're consciously competent. When you're riding the bike, imagine for example you're going out and I remember when I learned to ride a bike I could only ride it in one direction for the first couple of hours because that is I was consciously competent to ride it but I wasn't able to master it then fairly quickly you move to level four where you're unconsciously competent you don't have to think about it anymore you can immediately react to things you can jump over curbs you can Uh, have some fun, you can ride without hands, you can do a lot of things in riding a bike that you never, never uh, even imagined that you could do and you don't even have to think about it, it becomes kind of more an automatic thing. This is also true when it comes to most other skills and I think sales mastery is a good example of that. Many, many people that I do either coaching or sales training with, I can see, for example, they're at level three, that they get what we're talking about. They're consciously competent. However, it's just not that smooth. It's not that they don't articulate things as well. They're not thinking two or three steps ahead. So if you can understand with each one of these things I'm going to be talking about where you fall in that spectrum – whether you're at level two, level three, or level four. And then ultimately, the goal is to get to level four mastery. What's interesting is you can apply this thinking to other elements out there in sports and in life. When I've talked to people that are masterful of martial arts, they've really tried to communicate the difference between a level one black belt and a level three black belt is not new techniques. It's not new moves. It's that they're just more masterful at doing them. It's more automatic. It's more unconsciously competent at doing them rather than having to think about it as you do it. So I've come up with 10 skills that I think are ones that you should put on the list. So let me start with one. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail in each one of these because that's what we'll see a little bit further in this series. But the first one is, I would say, becoming more masterful at the language of sales. You know, it's been said, if you say it, they understand. However, if you say it well, they feel it. You know, understanding and mastering sales because it's so much a transfer of of feelings it's very critical in the sales process so start with some of the very basic things start with the right kind of words you know think of words that feel good that are that are uh uh, uh, you know, kind of a little bit more endearing kind of words. Like you might talk about respectful to the existing architecture or, uh, the, the process. Use the word process. If in fact you're trying to sell a process, try to use that. You know, try to use the word budget, not estimate. You know, these are simple little subtle things, but I think the more that you can start to use the right words, I, I think certainly the better. The other thing is also think about third-party phrases. You know, homeowners out there today, they don't want to be out on islands. So you might want to use the phrase, many of our clients have found. Okay, it's just a softer way to say something that says to the prospect, you're not out there as some sort of strange kind of question that you're asking me. This is something that other people have experienced as well. You know, try to use metaphors. There's a lot of metaphors that we all know about relating to medicine and law and accounting and financial investing and certainly even in automobiles that you can use to describe either the process to really help them understand because at the end of the day, your biggest competitor is their ignorance and their fears more than anything else. Also, don't hesitate to start to use more visual sort of things. A lot of visual things you can obviously show them in the process, but also don't hesitate to use a diagram rather than just words because oftentimes people tend to be, 80% of the people tend to be more visual thinkers, and therefore diagrams are much easier. Okay, that's number one. Number two is... uh Master a sales process. Now, I have a nine-step sales process. However, there's many sales processes out there, many very well-tuned sales processes that you need to start to master. So whether you create your own, whether you adopt one from someone else, it doesn't really matter, but you do need to have a sales process. If you really think about it, Famous Amos cookies are as wonderful as they are because they have a process of how they create it. They do the same thing every time. Now, I'm not encouraging you necessarily to be robotic when it comes to the client experience. However, do have a framework and a process that you follow. And that starts from the initial point all the way through when the sale is actually complete. Number three on my list of things to master is you really need to be masterful at asking questions. And most importantly, you need to be an active, intentional listener. You know, 80% of the time you should be listening and 20% of the time you should be talking. And I find most salespeople talk themselves out of sales rather than necessarily just listening carefully and then that guides the client to the right place. Number four, and it's a little bit different than you might be thinking, but I think part of the things you need to master in these wonky, kind of uncertain times is you need to know how, how to get your mojo back. Now, there's a lot of different techniques, and you can go back to earlier podcasts of 10 ways to get your mojo back, or go back to Professional Remodel Magazine. I've written about this subject. Quite a bit, but just a couple of examples of how to get your mojo back. Now, many years ago during the crash of 2008, I literally turned off the news because all it did is depress me. And I can tell you for the last 12, 14 years, I've been much, much happier than, uh, than, and certainly been caught up in all the latest news. You know, this notion of misery loves company, just choose not to participate. Get away from it. Don't be standing at the coffee machine listening to all the complaining that's going on out there. If you want to get your mojo back, you've got to get away from the negative energy that's out there. Another way to get it is if you've struck out a few times, just go for a little win. Just go for a little hit. And then, of course, you got to also realize, you know, make a list for yourself, all the positive things in your life and all the negatives. And more times than not, when I work with people that do that, they'll have 10 to 15 positive things in their life, and they'll have one to three negatives. And what's interesting about that exercise, not only does it immediately get you to snap out, but what it also does is... With the negative things, are usually things that you can fix. Number five on my list of things to master in the sales process or in sales is money talk. Now, this is a tricky one, I think, for many. Matter of fact, Americans in American culture were taught as children it's not very polite to talk about money from our parents. However, if you want to truly help someone, we all know you have to get into the level of investment. So figuring out the right language to use, figuring out the right words, but most importantly, having the courage in making it more of a dialogue that you're talking about the level of investment, you're using different range, you're, take, you're taking them through budgeting exercises but if you can become and wear the hat of a little bit more of a financial advisor and, and certainly counselor as opposed to a remodeling peddler, you're going to be much, much better at it. But you also today more than ever, you've got to be able to talk about money in terms of ways to increase or decrease the level of investment because we're seeing the numbers come in all over the place. So this is a very important skill to have. But it's understandable. It's a little bit tricky, but you've got to become more masterful in it. Number six is self-generated leads. Uh, You've got to be better than ever today. Uh, even though the phone's starting to ring certainly again, you've got to be better if you want to master sales to generate your own opportunities. The best of the best out there who are in that 1%, one of the fundamental differences is a very high percentage of their projects come from their relationships and come from their own self-generated leads. Now start with just spending a little bit more time on this. Uh, You might spend three, four hours a week Calling past clients. I adopted a little system many years ago, one a day vitamin, one a day client. You call from the past. And what's interesting when you do that, not only they're appreciative that you've connected back to them, but you know they're they're really quite happy and in many cases they have new opportunities or at a minimum they have top of mind, or they'll create referrals for you. Also Try to uh, deputize your strategic alliances and other friends out there to out, be out there looking for opportunities, but this takes time, it takes energy you've got to be intentional about uh, generating leads and not just sitting back and and waiting for the phone to ring or being a farmer. Number seven on my list is mastering the power of three. Now, this is a little bit more of a specific technique. However, it is really, really important to do. Today, more than ever, your client, your homeowner is confused. They're fearful, they're ignorant, and they are overwhelmed and in many cases, because they've kind of broken out of jail now that the pandemic is, is is moved on and they're out there competing against travel and other things in their lives. So you need ways to frame the decisions. For the client, you need ways to communicate. You need ways to guide them. By using the power of three, it really helps to clarify the decisions. So it might be that you're giving them three alternatives, good, better, best. It might be three different concepts or designs. You might talk about three different window manufacturers that you can work with, uh, three different levels of remodeling you could do to a particular area and certainly uh, three different kinds of companies that they can work with. But if you can start to master how to use the power of three, uh, you're going to be much, much more successful. Number eight on my list is uh, learning how to close. Now, your prospect didn't call you because they were bored or lonely, and they wanted you to come and entertain them. They had some sort of need. But just think about it. A very small percentage of the time, do you move them across the finish line and close? You know, what's interesting, there's really only three objections that exist at least three quarters of the time. And that is they want to think about it, They're getting other bids or the cost is too much. What's interesting about this topic is that a journeyman type salesperson or average salesperson, they're almost like a deer in headlights when they're hit with those kind of objections and they don't know how to handle it. What I've encourage folks more than ever is try to sell the process to close not just the project try to sell the relationship moving on another date so to speak not necessarily going to the altar because the more that you can inch them forward you can make the close ultimately a little bit more of a non-event number nine on my list of things to master is creating urgency Again, going back to these uncertain, wonky times, uh, talk about the recession, You know, interest rates going, a lot of things are herky-jerky out there. And they make, I think, it very confusing for clients. So being able to master creating urgency to get going on a project – Uh, I think is really, really critical. And when you think about urgency, try to think about it a little bit more academically or in a way that there are really three kind of buckets that you need to focus on. One is the urgency for the client. That might have to do with the kids, their schedule, those kind of things. Might have to do with a big holiday party coming up. But some sort of understanding the urgency with a client. The second is urgency with the project, which might have to do with either supply chain or scheduling, or it might have to do with uh, costs, different kinds of things as it relates to the project, or maybe even weather. And then the third urgency is you it's your schedule, it's your backlog, it's all of those things. And if what you try to do is tap each one of those. Uh, buckets uh, uh, in the conversations that you have with prospects, the likelihood that you're going to get them to push you into the project rather than drag them, it's a very, very important sales skill to master is being able to create urgency. The last but certainly not least, and these are not in any particular order, but is you need to be able to communicate the why. And this sounds really, really simplistic. Of course, they know why. But I'll talk to audiences all the time. And I'll ask, you know, why should they proceed with you? And I'll ask, you know, how many of you do good quality work? And all the hands go up. How many of you have a great quality team? All the hands go up. But if everybody is saying the same thing, then it really doesn't differentiate you. So it's important as you're understanding and talking to the prospect, that there are three whys that I really encourage. One is, uh, why should they do this project at all? If you don't know why they should do it, then how can you expect them to know why? And you need to be their advisor, their friend, their sage, and really try to nudge them along that this does, if it does, make sense to do. The second is, why should they do it now? If they don't know why to do it now, they're going to continue to kick it down the road and it's going to cause you uh, delays and and certainly not going to be very effective. And there's going to be a lot of lost time and inefficiencies in the process. So you've been able to talk about the why do it now uh, and the benefits certainly to the client. And last but not least is why do it with you. You know, when I, again, I ask these to remodelers all around the country, it's interesting that they don't really have a good why. You've got to figure out that element and secret sauce about uh, why working with you. You know, for those companies that have a little bit more size to them, calculate all the years of experience of everyone in your company, and you realize there's hundreds and hundreds of years of experience. Well, don't you think a client... Uh, would appreciate that you as the surgeon, you know you do maybe a hundred of these projects or fifty of these projects a year as opposed to you know one or two of them a year. Don't keep these things a, sec- a secret as you're talking to the client. but more importantly, you need to know the why if in fact you're going to be able to c- communicate it to the client. and if in fact you have a strong why, it'll help you close. So I want to thank everybody for listening to part two of the 10 skills to master. Hopefully I peppered in a few things that really benefit, but also don't hesitate with this podcast series to not just wait till it gets blasted out to you or you see it through one of my alliances of friends. Actually subscribe and it'll automatically come to you as these different episodes come up. So I'm going to be coming out very quickly with a part three of the Sales Mastery, and hopefully you'll be able to listen to that too. Take care, everyone.